0: Alright, what's happening? What is going on? How are we doing out there? Welcome in to Sports Betting Daily. We are back. I was uh, in Las Vegas for a couple days. Every year, around this time, late July, early August, I always try and make one last trip to Vegas, kind of unwind a little bit, you know, hit the reset button before uh, the season starts, before soccer is really back in swing. I know, we've already had one week of uh, soccer, but, you know, football is back soon, and uh, it was just a, a good time, so... Uh, what we're going to do on today's show is go over the record for last weekend. Obviously we do that every Monday and then, uh, got a few things to uh, talk about with betting platforms and, uh, yeah, I got some, a couple of stories from Vegas as well. We were, we stayed at the Aria and honestly, it was the first time I've ever stayed at the Aria. I've, I've been to Vegas, I don't know what the number would be now. A lot. I've been Vegas a ton. And I've stayed all different kinds of places. I usually stay at MGM properties because I get, uh, you know, good deals through them. I get good comped rooms, things like that. And Aria is obviously an MGM property. So got a room comped and uh, was really excited to check it out. It's supposed to be, you know, a luxury hotel. It's supposed to be one of the nicer hotels in the Strip. And I got to be honest, you know, I are, I'm not usually a huge, like, let's talk about how good that experience was. Hey, we generally have a good time, right? Whether we go to hotels or restaurants, like we're, Allie and I, Allie and my wife, we're not we're like, you know, like snooty, really judgy people. We tend to like most food. We tend to like most drinks. We tend to like most hotels. It's like, whatever, you know? But, uh, you know, it was weird. There was, uh, first of all, a, a, a ton of construction going on, which isn't a big deal, you know? It's probably a slow time of the year or whatever. They have stuff going on. But... uh so a couple things happened. So the, the room was like, it had a lot of wear and tear to it, you know, like there was a tablet that kind of controlled the, the lights and the uh, shades, things like that, that didn't work. And it was broken. So I had to make sure that I knew we didn't do that. You know, little, little things here or there, like the, the sink was dripping, you know, was whatever, just little things. That wasn't a huge deal. I didn't even really, you know, consider that to be a big deal until, Uh, the refrigerator started making this noise. At least we thought it was the refrigerator. This, like, chirping noise. And so we eventually thought that we fixed it. And then at 4 o'clock in the morning, waking both of us up through a pretty pretty alcohol-fueled sleep, uh, it starts, like, chirping again really, really loud. And so they send someone up at 4.30 in the morning, and it turns out it was actually a goddamn cricket. Like, there was a cricket like back on top of the fridge you no know, little area and it was sort of like jammed back in there we couldn't reach it and so the maintenance guy was like yeah i i, I, I literally can't do anything about this like we're not going to spray <laughs> the cricket so we had to move rooms at 4 30 and well either that or sleep with this fucking cricket and let me tell you it was such like i now have crickets like i, I, I like hear crickets randomly you know, it's like, it's like nightmare fuel now. It was just torture. I'm telling you, I'm not being dramatic. It was horrible. It was awful. And so eventually we're just like, we got to fucking move rooms. So we call them back downstairs. They get us in a new room. And I was like, is there any way we could just, you know, <laughs> sleep for a little bit in this new room and then come back and get all of our shit? Cause it was all over the room. And they were like, unfortunately, no, you know, you got to pack right now and, and get out. So we packed, left the room at 30, moved into a brand new room. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and then little, little thing. Also the, the new key didn't work cause it's all electronic now. So they just like transfer the key to your phone and that didn't work. And so Allie had to like wait back by the elevators. I went back to the front desk. It was just a whole thing. So, uh, and then when we're checking out, like you got to walk like a fucking mile and a half to like check your bags on the way out. Anyway, it was, it was okay. I like the, I like the casino. They do have some nice restaurants in there, but, I was a little a little let down from Aria, you know, from everything I've heard about. It. I was, I was expecting. Uh, I mean, look, you know, you get for what you get what you pay for, and generally those rooms are worth about three hundred and fifty bucks per night. Now I mentioned I got it comped, which is all good, but you know it was all right. it was it was a, it was it was that the overall feel of the hotel it was still nice, still a good good uh, you know good good overall experience except for that, and you know it was all right. But the the trip was awesome. I had a great time on the trip. Smoked a cigar, had some awesome cocktails, had just a really good time. I got killed on the tables, though. I mean, I'm talking it was uh, Clark Griswold status. Every every time I turned a 20 or I got, uh, I got a 20 in Blackjack, they got a 21. Every single time it seemed like I couldn't hit any numbers in craps. Oh, boy. I, but let me tell you, I, I started off pretty well. Uh, Allie and I like to play the the rich little piggies, I think it's called. Um, is that what it's called? Huh? The Rich Little Piggies? Yeah. The Rich Little Piggies. So, it's it's like the one of the only slot games I've ever played. I'd never played slots before this thing, but it's fun. I like I don't know. I've had good good luck with it. So, I sit down and I was up. I want to say like 180, couple hundred bucks on the pigs and then just gave it all right back on the craps and blackjack tables, but it was an awesome trip. Really good trip. Hit the reset button, ready for the year, ready for the season to start. Football's back obviously in in a week. A week and a half, so ready for that. So, great trip overall, and uh, appreciate everyone joining us after a couple days off. So, uh, let's go over the record. Record last week, 4-3-3. Three, and three. We usually do this on Monday. Obviously, we were gone, but 4-3-3 uh, three, and three last weekend. I have the results here on the phone. Uh, let's see. So, Saturday, we were 4-2-1. and one. Uh, We won with Newcastle and Crystal Palace. We tied our Bournemouth bet, bournemouth Drano bet, against uh, West Ham, and then, uh, let's see, Birmingham leads both teams to score, and the English championship was a loss. So soccer bets on Saturday, 2-1-1. One, and one. And then the baseball bets, Texas, Tampa Bay, and Philly – Texas won at uh, San Francisco. Tampa Bay won against Cleveland. And Philadelphia lost with, against uh, Minnesota. So overall on Saturday, four wins, two losses, and one tie. Fast forward to Sunday, 0 and 2 No wins, one loss, two ties. We had uh, Tottenham draw no bet against uh, Brentford. That ended up, ended up drawing. We had over nine in the Arizona-San Diego game. That landed exactly on nine. Arizona got the uh, 5-4 win. And we had Texas, plus 120 at San Francisco – that came in as a loss. So overall on the weekend, four wins, three losses, and three ties. You know what's funny? It's just just how numbers work, but we didn't have a tie on this show for like three or four months. And then we have three in one weekend, but our losses, our three losses were minus 150, plus 105, and plus 120. So actually with the four, three, and three weekend, we ended up about half a unit up, about about 0.4 units up for the weekend. So Uh, We do have one pick to end today's show. Figured it'd be a good way to come back. Give a pick out for uh, some more soccer this weekend, but I do have some thoughts on the landscape. There's been a lot that's happened early, early, uh, you know, last couple days earlier this week for the sports betting landscape. As we talked about last week, Fox bet is closing its doors and Fox bet. it, It was, you know, Fox was one of the first platforms, which I give Fox sports a little bit of credit because they wanted to break the barrier for these entertainment companies integrating into the sports betting uh world right so fox sports partnered in 2019 with the stars group which is now flutter and it's just a, a like a flutter I, I looked them up they're like an app building company and so you know they just partnered with fox sports to make a really you know what the, the goal was to make a user-friendly app make it easy to bet and act uh, accessible and uh you know just try and get involved in the sports betting uh, in the world of sports betting. Well, it didn't take, what, four years before Fox Bet closed their doors. And it was also announced actually today on the 16th when we record this that I saw Win Bet is also uh, closing their doors. So a lot going on lately. But back to Fox, because Fox is, represents the media uh, company that I'm talking about here as an example of it not working. And, you know, a lot of companies like Fox and others, we're going to name in a sec, they think they can just kind of throw money at, at this... What seems like, you know, great opportunity and then just watch the money come in and you can't do that. You've got to have people who know what they're doing. You've got to invest a lot of time, effort, money into these sports books. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's not it's not going to succeed. Um, like I said, didn't really last, what, four years for Fox Bet and some other examples of this either failing or in the process of failing are Sports Illustrated, Maxim, Fubo and Barstool. All of them have either shut the doors or <laughs> they're well on their way. And it has not worked so far for these media companies. So, overall, I'm skeptical. I'm not sure ESPN, as much money as they have, as, as much power as Disney has, if ESPN can just, like, you know, will their way in here or buy their way in here. Because it does come down to, we're going to get a little businessy here, but it comes on a market share, right? And they actually have some projected numbers for this. So, I got these numbers numbers from uh, LegalSportsReport.com. sportsreport.com. had a good article about this. But, um... Let's see, slides, this is quoting from the article, slides from the partnership presentation put 15% market share in the middle of the target range for ESPN bet. And here's the thing with the 15% market share. It doesn't seem like a lot. That's a huge, huge number because you've got to consider FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesar, Caesars, and MGM. Those are kind of like the big four in the United States. They account for more than 90% of today's U.S. sports betting revenue, 90%. So for ESPN bet to just get in with a with a 15% market share in the middle of their target is really ambitious in my opinion. Now, they obviously have some advantages. It's ESPN, it's probably the number one source right now for round the clock sports. They're obviously bringing in Pat McAfee. We all know about Scott Van Pelt and what he does with his night, you know, Bad Beats and he talks a lot of sports betting. So they've got a they've got a foothold already kind of in the marketplace, it's just like can they get involved with ESPN Bet? Because here's why I'm skeptical. Unless they hire someone who's been doing this for a long time, you know, who who has experience in in, in sports books, not as a CEO of some company, not someone they're promoting from within ESPN, they got to hire outside someone who's done this for a long time and understands. That's why DraftKings, in my opinion, has sort of elevated as the best retailish sports book. I don't know, but they're they're opening some lines, but it's because they've done a good job hiring. You know, they've they've gotten people. in in place who make good decisions who've been doing this for a long time. So that to me is a a big deal and going to be the key factor for ESPN. Uh, This article talks about the agreement between ESPN and uh, Penn, because that's the partnership here, Penn Entertainment and ESPN. Uh, That's the partnership. So it's a 10-year agreement, but there is a opt-out clause after three years. Should ESPN bet fail to reach an undisclosed level of uh, penetration in the market, There's some assumption that that number is around 10%. If ESPN can't get to 10% market share in three years, they'll stop. And again, I'm skeptical. Now, they're going to, as I said, have a leg up. They're going to run a bunch of commercials. It's going to be everywhere in college football season in the NFL, trust me. But um, I'm skeptical. That, That would be my overall takeaway with an entertainment company, even if it's ESPN getting involved. All right, before we get out of here today, let's give a pick out. Remember, if you want to bet these games VIG free, check out BetterEdge.com. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up and you're going to get a free 20 bucks. You don't have to put anything in. Get a free 20 with promo code SBD and see how you like betting VIG free with Better Edge. Uh, the pick we're giving out for this weekend is a Premier League bet, a Premier League game. It's right, going to be Saturday morning, I believe. Let's double check this real quick. Because I know they're spreading games out a little bit to start the season. All right, so Saturday is the 19th. My God, we're getting close to football. Okay, so yeah, this is uh, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We're going to take Fulham, draw no bet, minus 110 at home against Brentford. Um, If you obviously paid attention last week, you noticed that we faded Brentford against Tottenham. This isn't... I know that Brentford's a good team, okay? This is what I get a lot of times throughout the course of a season. I will bet on the same team or against the same team in certain small windows and it, it should make sense if you think about how power ratings work if I'm behind where the market is on Brentford right now it should seem obvious I'm probably going to disagree with the first week two weeks of their ratings especially if I'm opposite on the other team right their opponent that wasn't necessarily the case last week with Tottenham but I think it is actually the case here this Fulham match uh, I think Fulham is a little bit underrated and I think too much is being made of the Alexander Mitrovic drama with him leaving for Al Hilal you know this Saudi Arabian, Saudi Arabian Soccer Association, whatever they're called, it's crazy how they're mixing things up and shaking up the sports world. Obviously, they just signed Neymar last week, and it's the same team, Al-Hilal, who's looking to now get Mitrovic over with a huge, huge payday. Um, I actually saw about an hour before I did the show that they just submitted a fresh bid for Mitrovic to Fulham just today. Uh, so I, th- I think that too much, though, is being made of that entire... Distraction. I don't even think it's that much of a distraction. And I talked about this last year. I've been saying this for a while. I think forwards like Alexander Mitrovic, as talented as he is, he's he takes so much energy. He he demands the ball. He he controls so much when he has it. And that's sometimes good, right? Players like Harry Kane, Mitrovic, and they're not really the same player, but they have a lot of positives. But it's not like Fulham can't play without him. It's not like they they just crumble without him. And I, I'm not willing to look at a small sample size of an eight game suspension last year as oh that's the answer for how they're gonna play without him. Uh, again, good underrated team, good underrated defense, by the way, featuring the two Americans on the left hand side, Tim Reeb, Anthony Anthony Robinson. They made enough moves, I think, to really have a solid you know midfield. I like their forwards. Uh, Remember, they got Raul Jimenez from Wolves. I I just like what's going on at Fulham right now, and I'm way ahead of where the market has Fulham, and I'm a little bit behind with Brentford. So you put it together, and uh, I I think that uh, it's a good play here. Fulham, draw no bet, minus 110 at home against Brentford. So, again, I just like where Fulham's at right now. Uh, Brentford a little bit behind them. And I think Brentford does get their chances, but overall, I think Fulham has plenty of opportunity to counter. And uh, as the game goes on, if it happens to be zero zero one one, I think Fulham's going to do well as uh, the game progresses. So overall, Fulham draw no bet minus one ten against Brentford this Saturday. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Appreciate you listening, and uh, good luck with whatever you have going on today or tonight. A lot of baseball today. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Biden Daily.